0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Loose with Moose. Today, I have Schizo here with me. How are you?
1: I'm good, man, I'm good. How are you?
0: Did I get your name right? I yeah, so
1: I it, I, people have called me Schizo, Schizo, um, whichever, Schizo, Schizo, I'll respond to both.
0: Right, nice. <coughs> it's yeah, a play I'm
1: off good. of schizophrenia, so it's just mm-hmm. kind of a
0: whichever,
1: right, whichever works.
0: Nice, okay, I'm very good, hun. Hope you're having a good weekend. We are doing this on a Saturday.
1: Yep, nice little Saturday morning. Right. Little Saturday morning, pod,
0: Saturday night for me here. All right, so maybe we can start off with like a self-introduction of yourself and a bit of your background as well.
1: So like I said, my name is Schizo, Schizo whatever. Um, I've been in crypto since like late 2017. Um, So way longer than it it is. Like it feels way longer than it is. Um, But I've only had this account for like maybe a year or so um my my actual my personal twitter ended up becoming so inundated with like me following crypto stuff that at some point i was just like nobody that follows me gives a crap about this (laughs) so then i made my own account to just kind of have an uh an outlet to speak about the stuff that i'm interested in because like where i live like nobody gives a shit bro I'm just kind of a, a crazy person spouting about internet monies. So <laughs> it, uh, it was nice to make a Twitter account. I actually, have people like think, you know, the same the same way that I do about this stuff. Um, but yeah, I just do this. I'm I'm almost thirty. Got a eleven month old son, um, wife. So you know, just living living the American
0: dream. Nice, right? I I saw your photo of your kid. It's very cute.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. he's a He's getting... He, the kid had, like, no teeth, and then all of a sudden, he's got, like, 13 teeth. So <laughs> he just looks like a weird, demented gremlin when he smiles sometimes, like, in a cute way, right? Like, he's just got, like, jagged teeth everywhere, but... Such a uh, funny
0: description. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's mine, <laughs> though.
0: He's a good kid. Right, right. <clears throat> so, like, you said you started in 2017, right? Like So, was it, like, Bitcoin yep. at, at the beginning? You bought Bitcoin?
1: So... <sighs> And it, ironically, I don't think I did. I, I, the funny bit is, so it was around like September ish, October maybe. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't. I honestly, I couldn't even tell you what what brought me into. It. I think because I was already, before I knew about crypto, like I was already interested in investing and stuff. Like I like mm-hmm. keeping watch lists of companies, and somehow stumbled upon crypto. And to be honest, my memory's so shot, I couldn't tell you how. But i got really big and this is so this is so dumb into litecoin oh um yeah buddy so it was the way i i manned it because i you know i didn't know what the hell i was doing and i was like oh this is cheaper than bitcoin it's definitely going to reach parity at some point oh (laughs) so like i think at the time bitcoin was like i think it was like 3k or something 4k and some chart is just gonna call me out on that but Whatever it was, it was fairly low, or it was mm-hmm. just starting its run up, or something. Maybe 7k, and I was like, I'm gonna get here. It's definitely gonna happen. And I remember having like one Litecoin, and begging, or like a couple Litecoins, I guess, because I don't think it was very expensive, and begging my mom to give me an advance on my my paycheck from work so I could buy like another thousand dollars worth of Litecoin, because I was I was so sure. That it was gonna go up, and I remember being so sure because I was following this Twitter account, and it was one of those like, you know, the ones where they they pick a certain coin, all they uh-huh. do is shill that coin. They're like right. the market cap of. So it was that, but for Litecoin, it's like Litecoin girl or something, shit. and I was like, holy shit, she's so smart. This is good. This is definitely gonna happen, and it didn't, obviously. <laughs> and I, I think at a, and I didn't end up getting the money from my mom. Thank God she was she was smart enough to go. No, Lucky you. Yeah, she's like, no, it's not happening. And I think I ended up selling uh Litecoin for some other altcoins and, and dove in and stuff. But ironically, I never, I was never like the the first coin I was into was like Bitcoin or ETH because I think at the time ETH was still kind of like iffy, right? Like people weren't mm-hmm. sure if it was actually going to work, if it mm-hmm. if they were actually going to be able to do all of it,
0: right? And, and you thought that Lite, Litecoin would work yeah yeah
1: <laughs> it's that's probably the, the dumbest thing you'll hear from me today but yeah nah, I, I, if it, i'll have you know that i have not touched that piece of shit since then it, unless it was to trade and short it but otherwise yeah <laughs> i've not touched Litecoin coin
0: since yeah but i think it's always very um interesting to hear how people get started into crypto i always enjoy like this part of listening or uh, what was the first coin first project kind of stuff right
1: right because if if you didn't choose bitcoin or eth because if you did, like, obviously you're you're some kind of genius or you were a drug addict or something. Because that was the only real ways you got into to Bitcoin and in ETH so early. Well, Bitcoin, I guess. But, um, yeah, otherwise you just kind of like... I mean, we all started off in the same way. Like, we were all idiots, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, and, like, like you see newbies today and people... Well, shit, same. Mm-hmm. Please, my IQ is 76. But, right, right. yeah, you just... It's, it is kind of interesting to see how people start this because it's almost always kind of the same depending on the time period right you're like if you're yeah. like a 2020 newbie then you were probably like into um you know defy summer or whatever like the ohm and wonderland yeah. and all that stuff yeah,
0: yeah. there was my so, guess yeah. <laughs> yeah but
1: hey been there done then.
0: right did, did you stay all the way like in since 2017 until now or like after the light coin yeah. thing and then you pulled away so i it?
1: didn't actually i didn't actually ever take a break surprisingly enough um what I ended up doing is finding, well, I think like the first year or so, I was on my own with it. Like friends didn't really care and there wasn't anybody really local that it, it made sense to. Um, but at that same time, I had always wanted to do trading and be a trader. Like I really worked hard at it, you know, I did a lot of videos, um, <clears throat> read a lot of books and stuff about it. And mm-hmm. so I kind of did that at the same time instead of doing more on the investing side portion of crypto it was more the trading side for like a year or so um and then i ended up there was a local group around here and they they had like get-togethers like meetings and i was like oh this is awesome like i'm gonna go to these and meet some people and it was like seven dudes (laughs) in a room and uh you know just talking about like bitcoin price action and, and eth and stuff and uh so I, I, and I and they had like a consulting group so like we were trying to be consultants for like people around the area about crypto wow. and like nobody really cared right like back then like that was it was so nascent and so soon like no one, no one cared um so went from that and then invested heavily more into 2018 and then i was i was in a bunch of random stuff bro like it like you heard of tomo chain nope not me right right (laughs) it's still around i think it was like they called it like the vietnamese like ethereum i was one of those guys like that if if you like gave me a different nationality or different like area and then you put ethereum after it i probably invested in it (laughs) because i because i was like oh yeah no everybody's going to be a competitor to eth like this is easy so like icon one chain there's going to be people out there that are going to be like oh my god yes and none of those worked out so
0: usually it, i ended up that's how it end up right
1: yeah yeah right so i think i ended up you know walking back at the time was like you know seven eight thousand dollars was pretty large for me and then walked all that back to like i don't even know if it was at a thousand to be honest like I, it, it was just it just went down because i think in 2019 either the end of 2018 or early 2019 was another like bear market
0: yeah
1: um so it just kind of, yeah, it, it didn't necessarily deter me away from crypto, I, but I didn't have the amount to invest as much. Um, mm-hmm. So for like a year, I kept track of crypto, but didn't, wasn't as involved as I became later on. Like right before the COVID crash and leading up to that, I was again trading a lot more. And then mm-hmm. around the COVID crash, I had like a fat long at like I, I ended up getting like thirty-eight hundred on Bitcoin, wow. um, and rode that up a little bit. But like every, you know, fantastic bottom-ticking story goes, uh, sold way too soon. Ah shit. Yeah. It's and then an Yep, yep. And that was one of those where it was like, let your winners run type lessons. Uh huh. Um, learned that afterwards. But um. But yeah. So from from then on, like I I became a lot more full force, and then just the recent um addition of me like doing threats and stuff but i i kind of went off trading for a while i, I just like i'm i could do the charting i'm good at all that but like the act of trading and like the mental like gymnastics you have to do when you're holding position is just something that i just don't have the time for
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i just i miss i like i'll sell too soon to sell you know at the wrong time or don't have the patience for it or whatever but um but yeah, so it really, if you were to ask how, where did I get really thick into it, it was like the end of 2019
0: going forward. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that you can do like charts and all. So have you posted anything on that uh, about your Twitter?
1: I think I did. Like, if you were to really like scroll back like to the to the to the beginnings of this Twitter, uh-huh. like you'll probably see me talking about how great UST was and then like, yeah, random charts.
0: Oh, there'll be um, a topic for that later on, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, yes. I, I do it more
1: in um, in the Discord. All of us have. um, We have, like, a little channel, and I'll just, like, put charts and stuff. Oh, that was my robot. Go away, <laughs> robot. Cleaning the floor. Um, And I still do, but I don't really do it on Twitter because, like, that's just not... I just see the backlash of that being so dumb. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't have the energy to deal with people going, "Ha oh, ha, oh, you were wrong. It's like, ah. yeah, it's like part of trading right like you're never you never always right sometimes ideas just don't work out mm-hmm. but yeah i do i i, I learned it from, i mean i did it for you know two three years um and it helps a lot with investing i think But and i think that a lot of people should have, at least have a base knowledge of support and resistance to a degree because like you can have only so much fundamental knowledge of something and know that eventually it's gonna go higher, but like you yeah. should still try and get decent entries. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, instead of just buying into something and seeing it go down 15% instantaneously the next day. But, but yeah, no, it's it's in my
0: arsenal. It's it's hanging um, around in there. I, I think a, a mix of both is good as well to help yeah, you very much so. more of like timing, sort of timing your positions, like when to enter or or not. Even yeah, though and it kind of like
1: yeah, and it gives you like a robotic way of thinking a little bit too. Um, to make it to where, you know, you can farm invest, and invest and stake and do all that stuff and earn yield over time. But if you're not taking little bits and pieces out, like you're not you're not making a difference for yourself. So I think mm-hmm. having the idea of like a resistance in mind, just to like shave some off every time it you know it ticks against it or whatever is a good idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for the DeFi part, do you remember like when you got in, what what chain was it? Project? Be about 20,
1: um, 20, I think. Yeah, I think. Well, actually, I think I got into. I actually think I got into DeFi a little earlier, but not with the same fervor that I do now. Um, but I remember my first. Actually, I do know my exact first one because I ended up looking back. Um, it was Pancake Swap. Ah. when that like first became a thing, and they had, uh, they had the. A cake token, and they also had a syrup token. I don't know if anyone's gonna remember that, um, but they had like syrup pools, and so I was on I was on BNB, fairly uh-huh. heavy. So like I learned how to like, cause back then, and I think they still have this now, but I don't think they use it as much. They had like the BNB that you could use, ugh, like BNB chain, and they had like Binance Smart Chain, which were like two entirely separate things. Really? But to get to one, you had to use the other, and it was weird. Um, so that was definitely like a one of those like learning curves for DeFi, where you you can just tell that like it was too soon for normies because like that was just uh-huh. that was difficult to learn. Um, but yeah, it was I, the the top three were like Pancake Swap, um, Badger, Badger DAO, uh-huh, uh-huh. and um, Keeper DAO. So uh, Rook. <laughs> that was I think like my first three. and I think out of all of those, well, Pancake Swap's actually you know like super, super big yeah. um, didn't didn't hold on to any of that. and uh, Keeper Dow I think is gone now. I think they're they're redeeming, like letting people redeem from the treasury. and then Badger's still around, but I think because I was at the point where Badger was like eighty bucks. that's like that's about when I was in it. Uh-huh. And I was like, because I I was farming it leading up to that. And I was like, ha ha ha, I'm a genius. And then it all and then it started to crumble. And I was like, oh no, I'm an idiot. And yeah, and uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where. So like the the very first like early ETH DeFi mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit actually back then even of Cosmos. Like I had some Adam. I unironically staked Luna for like a year and a half and didn't re- and didn't realize it so i ended up coming back to a nice little chunk of money there at some point i think in like like right on, ironically again right before luna's run up it was like i don't it wasn't you know it had started to run but it didn't go nearly as far as it did and right. i sold some like right before the pump cool, but nice. but yeah so i had some early stuff i think secret network adam luna keeper dow badger and and Pancake swap i think oh, were like nice. my
0: first introduction to DeFi. Nice, nice. I didn't even know that Cosmos was out so early.
1: Yeah, so it was weird because I don't think at the time I really knew that Luna was like attached to Cosmos. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: because I used the the old like uh, dashboard wallet thing. It was like just a computer wallet. It wasn't even on the on the browser. It was like oh. you actually like downloaded it to your computer and then ran it from there. Uh Um, and but yeah i i think because back in the day cosmos and adam it was almost kind of a meme to a degree because i don't know it just it didn't have the traction i think it does now but back then i mean they were doing things that were way ahead of time you know what i'm saying like they did they implemented stuff that i don't even think people really started talking about until vitalik and he started doing it a couple years later wish Mm -hmm. i had been had way more um conviction back then on it but yeah it was it was around adam is one of the oldest coins besides like you know bitcoin and, and all the ones that yeah. were in like 2013 and stuff but as far mm-hmm. as like ones that are relevant now like adam's been around for for a while yeah
0: yeah nice nice i remember because like when i first interacted not interacted when i first heard of like crypto and all i did hear about um stuff like the cake token but i didn't understand what was going on at that point of time so just reading um from in group chats but completely clueless at the point
1: Yeah, it it was definitely. uh, People always say like crypto's the wild wild west now, but like it was the wild wild west back then. Right. Like so much random shit just popped up out of the blue, Um, and I'll I'll be honest, I don't even remember how I came across some of that. I think it was just like you know patrolling Twitter, and just Mm -hmm. catching you know wind of something, and I was like, oh, what's this? And then you know seeing three thousand percent APRs or whatever, and I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) And then looking back, like that was just so small in comparison to what happened in like uh, Ohm fork summer or whatever but uh, yeah i mean it's, it's definitely interesting like that's i don't ever really get to talk about this stuff all that often like what it was like you know years ago mm-hmm. um but it is it is kind of fun to see where it's where it's come to now and how quickly it's like crypto itself has evolved as an industry from then to now it's very very cool to like feel like i've been a part of watching it happen
0: yeah the space moves so quickly here
1: so fast man it's hard to keep up
0: right exactly right and i mean we heard enough about how you got started maybe let's get to a bit of a more recent topic of how you got started in like writing threads on twitter
1: yeah so it just kind of became a thing because like i said when i when i made the account it was just to just to talk about it right because like i didn't have anybody to bounce ideas off of you know the friends that were into crypto were just kind of passively into it and kind of got um not turned off by but they they didn't like the volatility right they were like oh you mean i can lose my entire deposit in like two Mm -hmm. months off a dump like i don't want to do that so they just kind of like wrote it off right and um anybody else just didn't seem to care so when i went to twitter and you know, saw these people talk about. It. I was like, "That's awesome." So it really just started out as me wanting to speak it about the things that I thought were interesting. So like, it wasn't even really like about getting reach or getting any sort of a following or whatever. It just mm-hmm. was. I just wanted to spew my bullshit into the <laughs> ether and see if anybody, you know, responds back. Um, and at the time, I think I I did it a couple times or whatever. And then I saw, you know, the threaders were actually getting a lot of attention and and um, you know they were getting sponsored things and stuff and i was like well that's cool and i've always liked writing written since i was a kid ironically a published author in the loosest sense of the word the mm. loosest sense and by that i mean i was like seven years old and i got put in a book wow so loosest sense i think it was like a poem competition in our state and i, I was one of the people that got into it or whatever but uh, I so i like like, like writing super fun and i was like why well, i, I want to have some kind of niche right like i one thing i don't like doing is being part of a crowd like i just don't like doing the same things that everybody else does i find that really boring and it's just not who i am as a person so i wrote about the only thing that i thought i had a relative knowledge about in comparison to people in crypto which was psychology so i have a degree in psychology i have a bachelor's degree in psychology i worked in a psychiatric facility for like four or five years so i felt like i had enough book knowledge and then hands-on experience to kind of take what i've learned about people and how they operate and then apply it to markets and crypto. That's so I think one of the first big threats, right, yeah. And I didn't really see a whole lot of people doing that. It was just like, oh, you know, farming, here's this token. Mm-hmm. Or new chain, here's this token. It was never like anything tangible that I felt like people, everybody could get something from. And I think my first big thread was noticed by, I think, uh, PhD, I think his name is PhD Stephen. Um, but he was super nice and he's like, yo, I'd, I'd really like to read more of these. And then that's where that kind of snowballed. Um, and then ironically I haven't really done much psych thread since then. I think, I think I've done like one, uh-huh. uh, one or two, but that's where it kind of like kicked off. And I was like, ah, like this is fun. Like I, you know, I enjoy writing. And then I had a couple people say like, Hey, your writing is really fun to read. Like this is, it's different. It's interesting. You know, you, you have your own way about doing things, which is, I feel like to a lot of people, it feels like a backhanded compliment. But to me, that's like super nice thing to say because that's all I want to be. Right? It's just be me, but have people appreciate what I do because of that.
0: Right. Right. By the way, you mention Stephen, like from DeFi Dojo, like the calculator guy. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Him. Ah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. I don't know how he stumbled upon me. I don't know if it was because I was one of those douchebags that like just tagged everybody in the blue moon. <laughs> <laughs> and he just happened he was nice enough to notice and I, I guess that's what happened but yeah him nice. yeah definitely that guy he's super cool he's, he's yeah, been very nice, nice on anything that i put yes very yeah. nice guy
0: Right, right and I want to ask actually I wanted to ask like why the schizo or lunatic style of the way that you write your threads so does it got to do with your your degree or your work experience
1: yeah so I think so the schizo thing actually comes from um <clears throat> well one my favorite patients that I ever had to deal with were always the the ones that were psychotic, um because they were just so fun, right? Like in in you know they would one of them had a full on conversation with me like like he was Abraham Lincoln, right? Oh. Like it's just like just just like fun stuff because and it's not necessarily fun to them because you know tragic experience and all that but like
0: uh-huh.
1: n- nobody really gets to 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 witness that unless you have a family member or you've been in a facility or you've worked in a facility so. I always thought those were the most interesting people, and they were always the nicest after they got on meds, obviously. Um, But so one day I was making like, I was changing my gamer tag on like PlayStation or something, and I changed it to Schizo. And so then when I made a Twitter account, I was like, I'll just keep it going, I guess. Schizo Uh XBT, because everybody's cool and puts XBT in their name. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so but then with the the Lunacy style, that just kind of like, it's just... Me writing how I talk in real life, like I don't try to be like hyper professional with my writing, like like and that works for some people. Like I have friends that that write real professionally and write Uh real just like you know just how they write, and that's fine. And a lot of times that works, but like I just I don't know. I think I would be bored by then of of writing, so I wanted to write in a way that's going to make it interesting for me, and. Honestly, I just include jokes that make me laugh. So if it makes me <laughs> laugh, I'm like, ah, oh, that worked. Don't really care if anybody else laughs as long as I did. You know, I think it's funny. Uh, I think so it's I just cool. wanted to do something different.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like yeah. just a unique style, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I try to, I guess, but like in in the same sense, I don't. Like it's just kind of, like I said, it it is literally if you were to have a conversation with me about whatever topic I'm writing, mm-hmm. that's just how I would do it. Like... You know starting off my threads i'm like all right fuck wads like here we go like that's (laughs) just that's how i would do it anyways so i think it's just funny to do it and then what's funnier to me is that like people think that's interesting and even pay me for it like that's what's hilarious
0: and so i just i'm
1: like you tell me i can be stupid and funny and write about things i'm interested in and people like that okay cool
0: yeah that's your unique selling point
1: yeah (laughs) yeah it's almost like uh like, just rude. Like, it's like rude writing in a way. But, yeah, um, in a sense. Yeah. But it's fun. It's, it's, it, it makes it to where, like, every time I do one, it's not, I don't feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I can, I can sit there and think about some weird, wacky hook or, you know, what I'm going to call my friends when I tag them. Like, are, am I going to, it's going to be something nice today? Am I going to compare them to a farm <laughs> animal or, like, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's kind of, it's fun for me. And if it's fun for me, I feel like it translates into to what's being written.
0: Right. right all right. And I remember reading um, one of your threads about having an edge and you mentioned that you are good at being early. So how do you be early?
1: I think part of it is that for a lot of the things I was early to, it was because I had a lot of time to do so. So I had a lot of time that I could to look around and see what needed to be in the market. Right, because, you know, 67% or some weird percentage of projects that release nowadays, like, won't do anything in a year or won't gain enough traction to do anything, which is always, obviously, the risky run. But um, I have what I think is, like, a really good way of curating who I think the smartest people are, at least to me. Like, I, I try to, like, filter in my head, like, in the past bear markets and stuff I've went through, like, who was the intelligent one on Twitter, right? Like, who made the most sense who ended up being right on certain things and so it's not even that necessarily like i'm super smart about anything because if you ever talk to me i'll tell you i'm not but what i am good at is knowing who's better than me at every other facet of it right like so i just i have a passable knowledge of crypto right just from being in it for as long as i have but i'm not like a blockchain expert i'm not a data analytics expert i'm not any of these things that a lot of people are super smart at but i feel like i'm good at finding who those people are and then aggregating that information for myself and then making mm-hmm. a decision off of what's going to be good or not so i think like some of my earlier plays was um ironically wonderland time i think i wrote that up from like i mean almost from the start wow. all the way up to like it's high and was making at some point was making like you know two grand a day from it from the rebases and stuff which is nuts like that's that's just stupid which also goes to show like how crazy crypto was at the time um but then most recently got into grail at like 200 i think like right around like 208 210 i think Uh was my price point and it's you know almost three grand now per and that just i there's a guy if you know who small cap science is yep on twitter he had mentioned it in a podcast i think and i was like and i was listening to their podcast like every day because when my son was born i was just walking him around you know like either outside in the stroller or whatever and so i would mm-hmm. put in earbuds but listen a podcast to pass the time and he mentioned something about it. i was like well that's interesting like i'm gonna check that out and it looked cool and he was like you know i think this is really gonna be something and i just threw a couple throwaway funds in there and then it ended up those throwaway funds turning into like a pretty nice chunk nice um So it's just about knowing, I think, what is unique to the market and then having an early enough conviction to it. And It's not even about going like all in or whatever, right? Like just tossing some in Mm -hmm. and seeing how it goes. And you can usually tell when you're early on something because either A, no one's talking about it yet, or B, it starts to run really fast. And that's usually how you know you're in something when it's it starts to run real fast, and then it just keeps going. Like, rail, just kept running. But I was locked into the position, right? I, I locked it to, for X-Grail, so I just kind of, like, you know, gained fees and whatever mm-hmm. from it. But I think you just need to, 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 to find something early. I feel like everybody just needs to know what their niche is in crypto. Like, are you good at following the right accounts? Are you good at TA? Are you good at fundamental research? Like, there's a guy on Twitter, um, Nagato, and he is, like, the fundamental god. And... That's where I get where I got a lot of my early cosmos knowledge from him because he was on it in like 2018 and stuff like this dude wow. knew things were going to be crazy then and he's been right now granted that he he'll even say like ah oh, yeah I didn't even get to put money in this I feel like such an idiot but he would be on things at like 25 cents that are now like 25 dollars you know what I mean like he is just he he would know and so like I just would aggregate that knowledge for myself and look at it and go okay he's been right a lot of the time so let's let's do my own research into because I'm not the best at finding projects on my own, but I'll let other people find it for me Mm -hmm. because I don't ever feel like I have to be the first in something, but I also don't want to be the last. So if I can get in between those and get as much, you know, extract as much value as I can from the middle, that's a win for me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I may not be the first in everything, but I still feel quote unquote earlier and that's enough. Does that answer the question?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. So basically like look for people who, are uh, good at spotting such stuff early and then kind of following them in a sense
1: No way, yeah. So I it's unless unless you're already like super good at that. like if you have like an intense like knowledge of computers and software and stuff and you're able to look at a pro like a project and go, "Dang, that's going to be really awesome." Good for yeah. you. That means you you yeah. identified a niche that you're good at that you can say like I'm I'm early on this because of my knowledge, right? So, um, I think it's just having if you if you already have that like level of knowledge to you, then cool. but if not, find people that are right surround yourself with people that are better, even if that's mm-hmm. virtually through Twitter and they have no idea that they've been like great for you or whatever. It's the same type of process now granted, do i do I ape everything? Everybody says no, I still go and look and do my own thing and a lot of times I still miss stuff like I've missed being early on a lot of things, and it's just like opportunity cost of being in crypto, right? Sometimes yeah. you just, you don't get into everything you'd like to be in. But I think there's a way for people to do it. And I mean, it does involve a lot of work. It's not just like you check Twitter and some guy's like, hey, buy this now, it's gonna be great. And you're like, awesome. You still have to like hold that through because being early on something is, is rough because like there's a lot of people talking shit about it because they weren't in early or you know a lot of volatility when it goes up. And there's a lot to it, but I think knowing your niche and knowing where your strengths are will help you determine how you can get into something early so Mm -hmm. it just kind of depends where you feel most comfortable at in crypto and and mine was not you know software knowledge or anything mine was knowing people and recognizing patterns of people and if they were their pattern was that they were really good at calling projects early then cool like i'm I'm gonna go to you for for news first look at it and see if it's something i'm interested in and then invest if that makes sense
0: yeah, definitely. I, I think that quite a lot of people actually use this method as well, and that does not mean, um, of course, it doesn't mean that you follow that person's call and like, they, they shield it, also so like write a thread about it, and then you ape into it immediately. No, right? Like, it's kind of like the, the first level of filter, and then you look into it further on your, and make your own decisions from there.
1: Right, because, you know, a lot of the stuff in crypto, like like you said earlier, it just moves so fast and there's so much happening. There's no way... You can keep track of everything by yourself. There's just no way; it's impossible. So, you know, it's almost like using these other Twitter accounts as like a news. Well, I mean, it's exactly what Twitter is, but like a news feed, (laughs) right? Of like, of like, hey, this project is dropping, and then you go, oh, that's cool. I never heard of that. What is that? And it's like, oh, it's ETH middle layer data availability, and you're like, I don't know what that is, so I'm not going to invest in it or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's just a nice way to get get like essentially a watch list, like I'm yeah. just going to, like I'm getting a watch list from people that I want to, you know, review and, and research on my own time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. And my next question for you will be, what is your research process or framework? So I, I'm sure what you mentioned earlier, it's part of the answer. And then like mm-hmm. maybe how do you go about afterwards?
1: So, um, a good portion. So like, for instance, it's like a relatively new product so oh bear chain that can be mm-hmm. one because i'm super hyped on bear chain so like my my process on that and what's brought me to like why i'm so convicted in it is that it was one of those things like i heard of it again in a podcast i think ironically small caps podcast again <laughs> um, right. nice and it was a mixture of like the founders just being goofy fucks and then but also you can just tell when somebody's intelligent Right. And knows what they're talking about. And those guys sounded intelligent. So I was like, okay, so they're on a decent sized podcast for crypto. They're self-aware enough to be, you know, funny and goofy, which a lot of founders aren't. A lot of them are just too serious because a lot of guys in crypto are just like tech nerds, which, again, not a bad thing. But when you hear them talk, it's just kind of dry and you're like, all right, whatever. These guys were self-aware and confident enough to be funny. They were incredibly intelligent, um, knew what they were talking about and made me interested enough to like, all right, I'm going to look into this on my own. And maybe that's part of my psych background of just knowing, you know, when people are, how they act on that podcast was them being confident in software. Cause if you're confident in your, in yourself to talk and, and be funny, make jokes, then you're more than likely confident in your work. And if you back it up with sounding intelligent about it, like that's a really good combo for me. Like you're smart Uh-oh. you're funny and you're confident in what you're talking about. Like odds are you you probably found a niche and you're expounding on it, right?
0: Right. So interesting. So then you... I just
1: gobbled up as much as I could about them.
0: Interesting, interesting. So like you kind of combine your knowledge of psychology into how someone presents themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's some people you can kind of tell when it's not confidence and it's cockiness. And sometimes that's a turnoff for me and sometimes it's not. Like sometimes mm-hmm. that like, but in an instance where it was ended up being a turnoff was Do Kwan. Right with Luna, like that ended up being a bad Like it was, it was good at first. And you're like, damn, this dude's got balls, right? Like he's like, I'm gonna like, y'all aren't stopping me. We're gonna make this work. And then it became when it became evident that it wasn't going to work, and the cockiness was still there. It's like, okay, that's not good.
0: Uh... Um,
1: but in terms of the bear chain guys, yeah, it was just it was a it was a like a swagger about the way they would talk. Um, like they just knew that they had something golden. Right, like they knew they were onto something. Um, so then I went back and like listened to all, as much podcasts as I could. I um, found as much medium articles, mirror articles. I made a Twitter list of all the bear chain related accounts that I could find of any alts, any developers, um, founders, projects, etc. You name it, and I pinned that on my Twitter profile. So when I would open Twitter, that was one of the first things I would look at, and I would scroll through all the bear stuff, and I'd be like, okay, so what's interesting here? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately didn't have the money or the capital to like get any of the bare NFTs didn't have any enough liquid capital, I guess, cause I have a lot of locked tokens,
0: ah, but okay.
1: I, I know and knew that they were onto something. So I, you know, as much as information as I could. And then when projects were doing betas and, you know, stuff like that, I tried to be in those and in the discords and trying to be in, and that's part of being early too. In my eyes is when you identified something, you know, you do your damnedest, to be a part of it as much as you can now mm-hmm. having a child and stuff like it's not as easy to be in stuff as often as people that don't um so i have to manage my time with that but like i got into a couple of, like the Bear games early i got those honeycomb nfts when a lot of people didn't like i got drome nfts from being early and being on a whitelist and like just like stuff like that that where i got as much exposure to the ecosystem as possible that allowed me to learn Cause like when you got like whitelists and stuff, sometimes you got into like these the alpha channels on the discords, right? Like so you heard things yeah. and saw things before everybody else did. Yeah. Which you know either helps or hurts your conviction to a degree, but all it did was just solidify how cool I think everything is. And every time they would drip out new information from the bear chain account, I was like, dude, like, like it was just so it just felt novel, right? Like it felt like I was reading. <laughs> ethereum back from 2018 now obviously they're that's not the same thing right like to the scale level but like the excitement i would get from reading their stuff i'm like this is just so cool man like this none of this stuff happens right now so that is kind of like my process like just in a really long drawn out rant by me but like identify something cool hoover up as much information as you possibly can make a thesis act on it I think is just a really good nutshell version of all that long-winded nice, explanation
0: nice. that I just said. Yeah, that's a very good summary, and it was a bit of like a Barrachin Maxi side of you coming out.
1: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I think it's because they're so cosmos-related, but yeah, and they're it, they're just such they're such cool dudes, and everybody that I've interacted with is super nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm that is my number one anticipated uh, unreleased project, one
0: hundred percent. Nice, good to know. And my next question for you is like what is your definition of a like good DeFi project? Like you mentioned you listen to AMA's podcast and like how the founders present themselves, um mm-hmm. go into Discord or so like what's the definition of a good project to you?
1: I think I probably have a different definition than most people. I think it's about it's a combination of having of having product market fit. And then also having a user base to back that up and then so my my answer doesn't necessarily have anything to do with like founders in this for like the definition of a good project because Mm -hmm. in my eyes you can have a good founder you can have cool tech you can have a good product and you can still flop because you Mm -hmm. didn't get the user base so for instance like i can think of a couple projects off the top of my head that just seemed really cool had good tech smart people behind it and still didn't achieve what everybody thought they would achieve. Uh-huh. Um, like Ren, Ren Protocol uh-huh. had some super cool tech they were you know, talking about dark pools all this stuff and then it all just kind of fizzled out. Now part of that I think was their acquisition or whatever it was by FTX I think kind of soured people on them but like Ren and Bancor, BNT token I think is what their ticker was and then
0: mm-hmm.
1: like even KeeperDAO like it was almost like they were too smart for the, the public, right? So, like, people just didn't know how to use it effectively and didn't know what to do with it. Uh, uh-huh. And I think that's a, a combo of, like, being really smart, good tech, but, like, you just didn't acquire the user base. And sometimes it just happens and shit just fails. So I think you have to have a good combo of, like, having a product market fit, having something that the market and people need and then being self aware enough to try and acquire as much user base as you can as quickly as you can because the longer it takes you to get a big user base the the quicker like some other product is going to identify that grab the user base and then build the protocol and then you know what i'm saying so it's it's kind of like natural selection in a way like you have to really <laughs> have all these things fitting for you in the the exact right way at the exact right time otherwise uh-huh. you'll
0: fail right but what about like projects with like super high yields so like all the so-called mercenary capital moves over like wouldn't that give like a false impression of capturing user base when they are just there to farm and then they'll move yes. over to the next best farm afterwards
1: 100 percent. but i think in in those scenarios you can kind of attribute that is like if you were to open it up and see that there was high yields like your first impression now after having been through like all the own forks and stuff is going to be like this is a down only token right like Mm. you're you know the emissions are just unreal so if you're into that like you should be farming with like you know eth usd or something that you would already farm with anyways and then Mm -hmm. just sell that token into the into the nether regions and then because in a way it's like the solid leaf forks right like some of those maintain sticky user base afterwards. But I think that's because they innovate past the solidly model, right? The solidly model is just meant to bootstrap mm-hmm. really quickly um, and then pivot. And I think, like, Thana and, or Thena, Thana? I don't even know yeah. how you would pronounce that.
0: I, um, I said Tina.
1: Yeah. And, like, the, the Kava fork, the Vera, or whatever. I think a couple of, like, those have really high TVL and a good user base. At the same time it's like they're finding their product market fit, like they're building new things to keep user base and also to bring user base in, which I think is cool. So like if you can lure them in with like the high yields, but then you can innovate something to make them stay, I think that's a good fit too. Because mm-hmm. like I think Thana with their fusion release or whatever, concentrated liquidity stuff, I think is big and I think it's gonna keep people there. So yeah. like I said it's a it's a combo of like product market fit and user base but it all it's not necessarily one before the other Mm -hmm. i think you could do user base first as long as you you have something in mind that you're building forwards and then you actually deliver so it's like a a nice happy medium between everything but that's a good point like yeah i mean mercenary capital is a thing people just come in farm the rewards dip out so you have to be able to innovate i think to make people want to stay
0: right nice nice i mean everyone has a has their own definition of what a good project is. like. Some might go for narratives, like they just after the short term, some go for you. So no, it's nice to hear what your definition is, is as well.
1: Yeah, and narratives and stuff like that is cool. I think that's a way to find, if you're if you're good at tracking narratives, I think that's another way to like quote unquote be early.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely.
1: But I don't always think that narratives last. Like for instance, for me, the ZK narrative is trash. I, <laughs> I'm not a fan. So when that when the when it went from the arbitrum narrative to zk, I didn't even touch zk, for the most part. Um, actually, I, I didn't even bridge money over there at all. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it just seemed I don't know. It just it just didn't seem organic, right? Like it was just kind of like oh well this is done now we're gonna go right here, and you can kind of tell because a lot of the projects that are like zk sync native have just come off like scammy and just not good. I think zk as a whole is really cool tech. But like, I think we're a year or two out from it mattering to people.
0: Mm-hmm, right. So narrative is a it, is like, a good way to value. Uh huh. Some people call it ZK scam. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's. I think it was like, uh, was it Blockmates? I think he was on Twitter. He was like, he was just he was talking shit to him, and it was just funny. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, the ZK just wasn't a good narrative. But like, narrative is cool, brings value. It's a good way to find stuff. But like, I think that's one of those things where like you, you're early, you. Get a good position in something, you ride the narrative, you sell it when you when you think you've gotten close to the top. Leave mm-hmm. your you know leave a small moon back or whatever, and then if the narrative falls away but the tech is still good and you know it's still good just the hype is gone, then you can just you know silently accumulate it, bring it back up to a good position or whatever, and then wait. If you think it's that good, you wait. But I don't think narrative is a nice little add on, for me like to my definition like if you do PMF user base and stuff, but then you also have a narrative driving it i think that's a good little buffer but if you just do narrative only i think it is more sh- like short-term-y
0: yeah definitely. for
1: like profit-taking type stuff
0: definitely you have to rotate and go after the next narrative and like you have to think ahead
1: yeah and there's some people that are really good at that like one of my favorite accounts of all time on twitter is um ansem i think he's but he has like two it's like concept and like black noise or whatever i had followed him when he was like five thousand followers he called the jewel run up which i was in like, he was real good on narrative trading and was real hot at picking those narratives, and it worked out super well. So, like, there's people that can, like... It's like they just have, like, this third eye, and they're like, and the next narrative shall be ZKZ, Inc. <laughs> and then they, you know, act on it or whatever. Okay. So, but yeah. It's, I mean, narratives are cool, but um, I think in the current state of the market, it's kind of... Like, the AI narrative was kind of dumb. ZKZ narrative. The... Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I think...
1: I think zk thing is going to end up short-lived too. I think there, I think some projects will break through and be cool. But I think it's not going to be what people want it to be just yet. Although if you're early and farming the yields and you're getting hella the yields on something uh-huh. and you're making profit, good for you. Right, like, I think uh, some
0: people are doing it for the airdrop as well. I mean, I, I did. I did bridge some funds over in hopes of airdrop.
1: Right. And I, like there's a part of me that's like, I probably should do that too. Like, free money, <laughs> yada yada. But yeah. like... And then i but then in my head i'm like running the risk of like okay but if i find something I'm like oh this is really like cool i'll throw some money into it and then i lose that money like is the airdrop going to cover what i lost mm-hmm. so it's Maybe. like an opportunity cost thing right
0: i don't know it but might yeah.
1: yeah so it's it's one of those things like i'm big on opportunity cost and i miss out on stuff sometimes just because of what my thesis is going forward for mm-hmm. the market and like how i think the year is going to go in the next year and stuff so it's hard for me to to break away from that so that's yeah kind of where my head's at on that
0: mm-hmm. yeah i remember um talking about like zk sing with a few friends and we were saying um like it's a bit too early for that to come out uh in the first half of this year we're talking maybe the like end of the year or even next year and then uh, suddenly we have this uh, era out now in march i think Was it march oh April? yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so, and that's
1: kind of where uh, the people i've talked to that are Hell of a lot smarter than me are like, yeah, I think ZK, like you're looking probably 2024 is where that's going to come into play more and be cool. And there's even some ZK stuff like coming through on Cosmos and and other things too that like looks cool, but it's it feels just nascent, right? Just it just feels too soon to make an impact yet.
0: Yeah, I know people who are actually farming there now, so it works for them. Um, If you're after the yields, I mean, sure, why not go ahead? Whatever works for them, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, if, if you got it and you're able to, hell yeah, do it up, brother. Yeah, Get you
0: the I, meals. Everyone has their own preferences. Like, like for yourself, maybe like ZK Sing is not, not a priority for you now. Uh, for myself, I, not not really a fan of the real world asset narrative for myself.
1: Okay, yeah. actually, I I there's a part of me that agrees, and then there's one project that I'm really interested in that I think is gonna is doing it in a cool way, but I do think, that as a whole, I think the only thing that's gonna be cool with w- or rwa is like like bringing t-bills and like bond yields and stuff to crypto i think would be cool to be able to access it just an easier way than traditional finance and then there's a protocol land x that's doing stuff with like right, crops right. yeah i think that's cool like commodities and stuff is cool but anything other than that like people are trying to do like real estate and all that shit. like i just think that's kind
0: of silly but, yeah, but, but, but don't I get me wrong like, like, I, i'm not against it like i just don't think that this is how it will play out like
1: I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not. 100%. I, I think I think it's a thing that'll be cool to add on to everything crypto, but I don't think it's going to be like I don't think people should should prepare for it as if it's going to be like this next massive narrative.
0: Because mm-hmm. I just
1: mm-hmm. think that's kind of overdone, but but yeah, I,
0: I agree. All right. So let, let's zoom out for a bit. Um I'm not sure if you do any macro thoughts, but I want to kind of ask you about your opinion or your thoughts about the markets for the rest of the year like we just had the shanghai update
1: so I, if, if anything i'd fucking larp <laughs> as a macro guy I, I i can't even obviously pretend to know like any of what most macro people know and honestly twitter is such an echo bubble that finding somebody who actually is correct with macro takes is really really hard to do and i don't uh-huh. think there's a whole lot of people that have that good of a grasp i think it's we're so volatile right now in the world that it's going to be hard for anybody to pin any mm-hmm. sort of thing down. But for me, because I'm kind of bearish on the U S which is ironic because I live <laughs> there, but right. I I think we're just doing all the wrong things. And I think like, especially like in terms of like how we deal with crypto and how we're dealing with just like, you know, the treasury and monetary stuff. I think we're just kind of, I don't know. We're taking a really bad stance and it makes me more bullish for, for crypto and like other things too. Like I think gold is a good play and stuff like that. But if I were to hazard a guess in terms of like how crypto performs the rest of the year, I think this is probably the beginning of a bull. I know that's Ooh. kind of a, a hot take to give because I think yeah. a lot of people are going to really disagree with that. Yeah. But the way I think of it is <clears throat> we had a whole lot of shit thrown our way with like FTX and, and all those just back to back, like just really bad news cycles that brought us down all the way to, you know, whatever the, I think the bottom was what, 15K, 16K, something like that.
0: Around there. Yeah.
1: And, and that happened like during a macro bear, right? Like that wasn't even just us. Like that was like stock markets or stock markets are down. Like everything's down. And for us to only go to that and then rebounded ahead of time, I think is very telling i think that big big players were more likely to buy there and think that it probably wasn't going to go lower because like at that point it was kind of like if we go any worse like we're over for a while right like mm-hmm. this is like crypto's gonna be dead for years after all this but it didn't happen that way and that was kind of my take back then it's like yo if we if this goes any further like we're screwed like this might be the end even you even had people like kobe who I think is probably one of the greatest Twitter accounts of all time for crypto. And he was like, yeah, I think we're done for years. And Mm -hmm. when I heard that, like as much as I respect him, I was like, I, that's like such a hyper bearish take. I don't think it's going to happen. It was just like, it was like, you know, when all of Twitter is screaming for lower prices, we pump type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I making a bet, obviously like with my own investments that we don't go back below 15 K for a while, I would say like ideal scenario is we kind of chop and range between like, you know, 23, 24K and like 37K for a couple months and then see what happens from there. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't think, I think anytime Twitter starts screaming, oh shit, we're going lower, only for us to stop around 23 is going to be funny. But if you have any, like, any thought in your head at all that, you know, monetary policy, even globally, is going to end up not being great, then. I think Bitcoin is a solid bet, and if you think that ETH is going to become what it's becoming, I think that's a solid bet. And if you even think at any point that ETH is ever going to go back to, you know, the high of 4K, doing anything right now is is a smart move because that's a, an instant double from from where we are right now. So, I think ideal scenario, like I said, it's just it's just chopping range, and which I'm cool with because that just gives you time to like build a bigger position. Um, but I don't think we're in a bear, like everybody thinks we are. I think we're, if we're not, if we're still in it, we're at the very end and we're coming Mm. through. But price action to me is not signaling that this is a bear, right? It's doing that thing where like price hits resistance and everybody's like, all right, it's pullback time. And then it pulls back a little and people are like, see, I told you. And then it just stalls, right? And then it just kind of hangs out for a bit and then it goes higher. And people are like, oh yeah, well, you know, Mm scam pump or whatever. But I think it's just because... Mark is showing you where demand is, and demand is is going for higher.
0: I don't know. It's, there's no right or wrong answer. I just want to hear your thoughts. Um, some might argue that we might not be going out of the bear yet. Some might say that we've been going lower, like towards the end of the year. Some are saying that it's out season. Everyone is celebrating the double digit gains every day when you wake up. Right? You see, your whole portfolio <laughs> is up double digits minimally right now. All the outs Yeah, are I think.
1: Yeah, ultra flying, and I think. I, don't know, I think people just kind of talk their own book in that way and they don't want to see it from you know the, uh, the objective side of it is like if it pumps cool if it doesn't pump then like you should be trying to accumulate more of what you're interested in and then mm-hmm, on pumps mm-hmm. you should be selling you know bits of it off yeah. and then buying it when it dips because there was somebody um, on Twitter who's been really killing it and his biggest advice, so far in the year and i mean he's basically nailed every trade for the past like year and a half and he was like don't short he's like it's just why would you do that right now he's like every shorters are getting caught out and have been caught getting caught out since like 16k like you might be right temporarily but then it, it flies either direction so like his best advice was you know de-risk at pumps near logical resistance areas and on pullbacks put it back in and just mm-hmm. keep doing that over and over again And i think that's been the better play which is what's in my head is like It's more bull market-esque than it is bear market, because bear market, you know, any pump's getting faded immediately, and it's working out tremendously. But in bull markets, um, dumps are getting faded, right, and pumps are working out fantastically. So, I don't know. That's just kind of my take on it. I'm sure people probably say it's, you know, we'll disagree or whatever. But, you know, I think people tend to forget that you're allowed to be wrong. And if I'm wrong, like, okay, it is what it is. Don't follow me then.
0: Yeah, it's You know what I mean? Do your own thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, one can tell the future. Right. And um, are there any interesting sector or chains or projects that you're looking at right now and trying to position yourself into that? I mean, you you seem like, I mean, chain might be an answer, I don't know, might sound like an answer for you.
1: Yeah, so there's, I think the stuff that I'm interested in, in in ETH has already happened for the most part. I think the only thing that hasn't launched on ETH that I'm like passively interested in is Eigenlayer. Yeah, so eigenlayer I think is cool. I think data availability as a whole is going to be really cool. But eigenlayer is interesting to me. But like most of the stuff that I really enjoy about ETH, I'm already doing. You know, like curve. I'm a big curve maxi. I think curve's great. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I like by by definition, I like the curve ecosystem, convex and stuff. But I think if you're a big fan of the ETH ecosystem, like you should just hold ETH for the most part. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, like I have curve and stuff because I I think curve to me is more like a stock. Than it is a crypto because oh, really? it feels like owning part of a company. Word to um to Noah Seidman on that, or Seidman, Captain Rational, because he's a G. But it's more like feeling like you own something that's that's bringing you weekly income. But for projects and stuff like, if I'm not already in it right now, it would really have to like be sick, right? Like it's got to be really like attention grabbing for me to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. So I think just holding ETH or like wrap staked ETH and then borrowing cash against it is just my play for eve but cosmos is just doing there's just really cool stuff happening and again like it could be really cool stuff and then not take off right, right. like there's always that, that chance yeah. but i think bear chain is really sick um there's a couple like privacy uh protocols on on cosmos that are coming out that are just like way too giga brain for me to really understand fully but i think privacy is still very important i think it's going to become more important as the years goes on you know because i think that countries are going to go to those cbdc um, Mm. nonsense and i really hate the idea of that why so privacy i think is gonna be cool the reason the reason i don't i'm not a big fan of that is because i think there was somebody who had and i don't know how much of this is true to be honest this could all be speculation i could be talking out my ass but it was like china or something was like test running them but they put like expiration dates on the money so like you had to use the money by a certain date. But I also think having like a digital form of money attached to the government is a, just inherently bad because what if like um you know pure dystopian bullshit, like you say something they don't like and then they freeze your entire account. Oh. Or
0: you you know, <laughs> just wake don't up and pay. your account is empty.
1: Right, yeah. You're just <laughs> like what I do and then you get a, a little alert that's like, you know, we have emptied your account because you said that you don't like the president of the united states or whatever <laughs> and then you know what i'm saying like just, and that could be just the forest off fantasy land bullshit but mm-hmm. you know it's a chance that i just don't really feel like taking in terms of that so i feel like privacy is a big narrative so there's like namada and penumbra are both really cool i'm a big fan of shade shade protocol mm-hmm. uh, shout out to carter because he's a really nice guy and everybody that i've talked to with cosmos is just all super intelligent like shade just released their shade swab um, and they, like, made up their own curve-style math. Like, the math behind the curve. MM, like, they made up their own, like, from scratch, which is just wild to me. Because, like, I'm not a math guy in the slightest, but, like, that's crazy. Like, you can, on their swap, you can, like, you know, I think they put a picture of swapping, like, $25,000 worth of secret into, you know, staked secret or a liquid derivative or whatever. And only incurring, like, a 0.1% slippage, which is nuts. Like, you're it's it I don't know it's crazy crazy stuff to me which I think that's really cool. There's also like Babylon and they're trying to bring Bitcoin security to Cosmos. Ooh. So right now Cosmos is, you know, the security is just by stake tokens, right? So they're trying to and I think they're already partnered with a project where they're going to already do that but like they're going to introduce Bitcoin security in the way that bitcoin is secured into these other chains so like you're secured by your staking tokens you're secured by bitcoin security and then cosmos having the interchain security stuff where you can borrow yeah. from the hub and get security that way and then somebody also made a mention of like well what if you get eigenlayer and coming over to cosmos and then you have a chain secured by staking token maybe a little bit of adam from the hub bitcoin security and then your um your chain secured by Uh, eth staking like that's just like big brain
0: yeah
1: you know stuff to me i think
0: it's Uh, interesting to see what they will come up with
1: very interesting and i think the biggest pull that cosmos has for me is how composable everything is how every chain works together so Mm -hmm. seamlessly and outside of that you don't really get that as much it's becoming more of a thing now but like back in the day like you know you just had you had eth avax and you know Solana or whatever and it was a pain to bridge from all like sometimes you had to bridge three or four times just to get it over to a chain yeah, but in Cosmos it's just like an instant send in, and everything like works together like the liquid staking stuff they're doing is very interesting with Stride and being able to you know you have staked Atom staked Osmo and you can use those together with Atom like staked Atom which is something that ETH has started doing too but like that stuff's really cool like you're earning yield on top of your yield just by holding one of the tokens and I think there's just a lot of really neat interesting tech that comes out of there that people are ignoring for the most part like if you if you go on Twitter like no no big account, besides like maybe one or two are really talking about Cosmos. It's just ETH. And I think people are missing a lot of the run-up that's happening over there, and a lot of the tech, and are going to end up coming into it too late. Or after, you know, where they could have positioned themselves earlier, type thing. But I'm really interested in all that. I think if you're going to keep track of anything, like, you keep track of Cosmos, Chains, <laughs> which includes, like, Kava and Canton and stuff you you know you stack ETH, but I think you also pay attention to Solana. I think that's going to have a resurgence, too.
0: Mm, Alright, interesting. interesting. All right, and I want to touch on a slightly painful topic for you. So, I remember you shared about the Arbitrum hack. Could you tell yeah. us a bit more about that?
1: Well, luckily, like I said, almost any of my funds worth taking are um, locked up. So, nothing could be taken for me, really, besides, <laughs> like, the only really, you know, the big pain of it was was my my Arbitrum airdrop. That's what was taken. That was my biggest, my biggest, my biggest sizable amount. It was like eight hundred and fifty arb tokens or something. Uh
0: huh. I mean that's alright. So it was
1: like eighteen k at the at launch or whatever it was. Nah. Um, or whatever the heck it was. There was something <laughs> something along those lines. It was right. it was a sizable amount where I was like, dang, that's unfortunate. Um. And then he took, like, I don't know, like 500 each of Bitcoin and ETH. So not very much. But, yeah, it was just, like, it's one of those things that, like, I just feel so dumb about it because of how long I've been in it. But it was just, like, I had reached out to um, a team member from a project. I said I was going to in, like, the Discord chat, reached out to him Uh about an issue I was having. And then... I don't remember if I just wasn't paying attention, if I was dealing with my kid or whatever, and went back to it. And I found out after the fact, but there was a, – a scammer had DM'd me with that dude's exact name, and I just didn't pay attention, and I clicked on uh, that one instead. So,
0: that's so I was talking went.
1: to him. Yeah. And so I ended up getting put onto a phishing site, and then that Shit. wall being compromised. So, yeah. yeah, which, like I said, didn't, didn't lose a whole lot mm. and have since – Turned back double what was lost aside from the airdrop, if nice. kind of the airdrop. Nice. Um, yeah just from like people re- reaching out and doing like the threading opportunities and stuff um, which is really cool so I've like managed to build something out of a bad situation and the irony is like I ended up being able to secure a lot of the stuff that was on that old wallet so here's I was I was going to make a thread about this but I'll put it on your podcast instead
0: <laughs> wow
1: tiny bit of alpha
0: so yeah, if you find true.
1: yourself in a situation where your wall compromised, what really, which people have like said, like, oh, I don't want to lock up tokens, like, I just think that's dumb or whatever. So like my Velodrome, my Thana, I was able to transfer because technically it's a, an NFT, quote unquote, the position, right? It's, it's a V V NFT, was able to transfer them to the other wallet and the, and the hacker didn't know. So I was able to save a lot more than what I thought I was going to be able to because of, of that one fact.
0: Wait, so he only took the liquid tokens and he didn't bother oh, checking your tokens. NFTs? Nope.
1: He didn't <laughs> take I, So I had, like, you know, I had my Bearadrum NFTs. I had, like, I probably okay. got, I had, got about 13 of those NFTs out. So he didn't, it wasn't using a bot. He must have been doing the solo, but the guy managed to steal, like, you know, 130K worth of money from other people, too. So mm. I imagine if he was doing that all by hand, because I think the dude's since given up, because I still have, like, you know my locked my locked curve and some other locked tokens that i'm like getting revenue from that i just i'll i'll put money over i'll take the rewards send it back to uh-huh. the new wallet and right. then take my gas tokens back because like i can't transfer the locked tokens so i just keep right. going back it's like it's like a mini paycheck
0: <clears throat> i was gonna say so, you're yeah very smart hey good i guess no, oh, smart scammer. no which, which makes me feel even dumber <laughs> <laughs> i was like dang that's just not a
1: good look for me but um but I mean, like, like I said, it it didn't it wasn't as painful because like, what was taken, wasn't mine, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I didn't I didn't realize, the profit of the the arbitrage drop, so it just it wasn't I couldn't be mad at it on top of nah, it being my own fault.
0: But still, it could have been a, a little boost to your portfolio.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, no, it would have been great, it would have been fantastic. But right. so that was one of the things that I struggled with when I used to trade is like, prior portfolio balance and thinking about what I had instead of what Mm -hmm. I have now. Mm -hmm. Um, so when that, this happened, I was like, well, I'm just going to have to operate as if this is a whole new thing. Like I'm just going to have to, so it was kind of, it was kind of like refreshing to a degree and reinvigorating to kind of like start anew and figure out what I wanted to do now going forward with what I have currently. So that was kind of nice. It was kind of like a, um, reinvigoration moment. Um, and you know, trying to take as much good from that bad as I could. Um, but shout out to um, to Chinchilla for being super nice and helping me out that day. And then um, not going to make it um, from Defi Llama. Mm. He was super nice. He was he DM'd me on Discord, walked me through everything, figured out where the origination of the hack was from because I didn't know initially
0: wow. because
1: the guy had hacked me the day before. From
0: he, the from day which before the do you
1: share with which server? Uh, blah 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 blah. It was the synthetics Discord server.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
1: Yeah. And he just it was the same name and I what I should have checked was the date joined and it just didn't occur to me because I thought I was talking to the same person.
0: Mm,
1: right. <clears throat> like I said, and it was just one of those so things nice. where like so, Right. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And it was just more of like and somebody had made a post about this like a couple weeks after. I was like, damn, I wish I'd known that ahead of time. But it was like you know don't do anything regarding funds if your intention's not fully on it Mm. so like my intention wasn't fully on what i was talking about it was with my kid or it was with whatever right and you know just kind of one thing led to another about it um but good thing came out of it as far as i'm concerned i've been made whole yeah um so you
0: know yeah
1: but yeah it sucks
0: Nice. Usually, I'm not a big fan of locking tokens up, but I think this is a very lucky thing for you in a sense. Yeah, this was like
1: the one time where I was like, I was like, dang, this worked out really well. Right. Because now, like, you know, now I don't really have the funds either to continuously relock Curve or to relock my liquid driver or whatever. Mm Um. So like, I just wait until until they vest and then I take those back again and I just reap right. the rewards in the meantime
0: yeah. so right. if you're out
1: there and you do have locked tokens the VE NFT ones are kind of a nice fail safe in a way as long as the hacker doesn't know about it. <laughs> but you can, yeah. you can transfer those that was yeah. like my I was like I, when I found it out I was like oh
0: I'm gonna do this <laughs> yeah. right now yeah check your NFT's page
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure it, yeah it, if you're a hacker go fuck yourself
0: so we might have just like Taught the hacker how to improve on, on his scale. <laughs>
1: yeah, you can re- you can remove this. <laughs> Just take out that whole section.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Okay, maybe let's hear some of your goals next. Um, can be for your account, can be for your portfolio, or like anything.
1: Um, I don't really have like a monetary value in my. I mean, I do. Right. Like, I'd like to get back to like, um, bull market highs again. That'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm just without the lock tokens, because that was what killed me then, ironically. Um, But I think short-term for crypto would probably just be to keep doing what I'm doing and organically growing the account. Um, Because I think that's, because I think in terms of like how like, for like metrically, like numbers, like how my threads do, is a lot higher than what they should be. I think, for like mm-hmm. my follower account, sometimes yeah. Like for me, like on some of my bigger threads, like they've gone to like you know 50k views or 60k views and stuff. And that's you know I have 2,000 followers, so that's mm-hmm. like 30x, you nice. know, the views. So it's obviously coming from outside sources and, and whatever. But like I I don't I usually like average a higher view count that I would than I would think. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe there's other accounts that are, like, lower followers that are blowing me out of the water. Very possible.
0: I don't even know what's the average, like, view count that were supposed to get for, like, per follower or something.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. All I know is, like, for the most part, on, on any, like, paid thread I do or, like... For, okay, so for most of the paid ones, it's usually, like, a, a rough, like, 10k to 15k view count. Mm-hmm. After, like, they'll, they'll run up to that and kind of stay there. Some of my other ones where it's, like, a more personal thing are more, like... Um, philosophical thread or whatever, you know, 30 to 50.
0: Right, right. I think this Uh, is something very interesting that I noticed as well, like recently, like um, when I posted the second episode, right, with CJ, mm -hmm. and then on, I think it was on the same day or the day after that, I posted like some, a post with like two quotes that I came across that I thought was interesting. And if I'm not wrong, I think the one of the quotes actually had a higher reach than, the second episode, sadly,
1: right. And it <laughs> makes me wonder if like that's like a Twitter algo thing or something. Like does it just know. reach more people if it's like you know, uh, philosophical nonsense? Uh, but it does seem to be that way. Like some of the stuff where I just kind of like just rant and just do like just talk like as a person and not as like a, a marketer or mm-hmm. whatever seems to do better than the ones where I market.
0: Maybe people um, just prefer to think... see like realness instead.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's part of it. Like, we crypto is so digitalized. Like, sometimes I think people forget, like, what is happening around them as a whole. And um, since being a dad and a father and stuff like that makes me think uh-huh. of things differently and from a different perspective. Um, and so sometimes I it's just something I feel like I have to say. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I have a Twitter account. I guess I'll just put it on there.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, you know, it resonates with people, which I think is cool. And I think that's what's made... You know, I think you can have like 15, 20k followers or whatever, but only have like 1,000 of them that really pay attention to you. Right. And I think me having only 2,000 or whatever the, the number is, I feel like more, there's a higher amount of people that just comment on stuff and like it just because they see it and they like it than it is if it was just like, you know, I were to post airdrop threads whatever, right. and really try and like game my followers or like my follower count or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, just more genuine.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah,
0: definitely
1: it, it's not necessarily a bad thing to do airdrop threads and stuff whatever because I'm sure they're getting great deals like you're you're definitely making more money than me like kudos but <laughs> it's, <not> um, <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where it's like I, I don't want to be a salesman in real life either like i I've done yeah. that before I don't like it mm-hmm. um, so I don't want to do it on Twitter so like when you know I get paid to do projects and stuff it's just like I'm like hey I'm just gonna write how I write it yeah like I'm not trying to I'm not gonna try and sell your product like I just it's just gonna be information, and they're like, okay, that's cool, and then they leave it at that, and so then that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I think short term is just growing what I have there, and then like medium and long term is just gonna be, it's just gonna be uh, like my thesis and stuff, and just mm-hmm. continuously growing what I like my account balance based off of what I want to accumulate going forward. Nice, um, nice. And that's just kind of, like, where, I, where I'm at. I don't really have any other, like, super interesting goals aside from, like, you know, raising my kid. And like.
0: Uh, that's you know, an awesome goal, to, uh, what you're talking about.
1: I mean, it's a pretty good goal, won't I won't um, lie. Or, like, you know, I started a mini garden in the backyard. Just, like, stupid stuff that, like, I have the ah, time and ability nice. to do that just sounds fun to me. So, like, I'm just doing, like, other stuff like that.
0: That's so nice, to have a nice little garden, backyard.
1: Right, Yeah.
0: Yeah, because so that's I don't like, have that here. Not in Singapore. No. Yeah.
1: I honestly like, we're kind of like we have like our hot summers and you know we have our cold winters and mild milds and blah 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 blah. So <laughs> we I have like the opportunity to do so. Yeah, that's And I think nice. I, and honestly I don't even know if it's working. Like I planted it should, like a couple weeks ago. I have no idea if there's anything growing in there. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I don't exactly. know when to take it out. I don't know when to check. I don't know if I should pull it out. Like I don't. I don't know.
0: I'm just you going to around it. and find
1: so, out. Uh, yeah, no, that my garden <laughs> is the exact definition of
0: what I'm to find out. Right, right, nice, nice. Yeah, down here it's just hot, like all year round. You you get rain sometimes. It's either super hot or it's raining. That, that's all. Hot
1: and sticky. I bet. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially like now. It's super hot right this period right now. Oh but, but yeah. it's like
1: sixty six here, so I don't
0: feel know. It's good like, on that. like thirty degrees Celsius or something. I don't know how much it is. I don't you know. I don't know the conversion there. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's probably hot. Right. I'm going to assume cool. hot. Super hot, right? Um and you mentioned like um talk about like taking care of a kid, you know, your garden, Let, let's hear about your typical day. What what's your typical day? Like are you still working or like are you doing this full time now?
1: So, I was essentially I when my son was born, prior to that I was working um in a pet store so my buddy owned like he was a general manager and he brought me on as just like one of his other managers so I was like second in command and most of that was just because like it was kind of it was fun to just hang out with my buddy and just do work or whatever um but that's never been my goal I don't it sounds dumb to say but like I don't like working in the traditional sense like I don't like having a boss necessarily I don't like being told to do like arbitrary bullshit that just seems stupid (laughs) like like just generic company stuff like it's just not for me um so i always had like entrepreneurial mindset and um so that's why you know i'm doing this right now but prior to that so my son was born and i quit my job because i wanted to be there to take care of my kid um you know i didn't really want to have like a babysitter or whatever so wife is a teacher so she went back to teach after cause we had him in the summer um and she had the mm-hmm. summer off because she's a teacher and then she was able to go back so i've just been stay-at-home dadding um, uh, and a lot of yeah so it's really hard at first like don't let anybody tell you how many john's easy because it's not um because <laughs> the sleep deprivation is unreal unless you yeah. unless you have one of those freak children that like sleeps all night <laughs> from, like 3 months on in which case go play the lottery every fucking day cuz you'll win <laughs> um, but uh yes yeah, so, i mean like you i mean you're sleeping like 2 hours a day bro it's awful but shit now it's i mean he's getting his own personality he's you know crawling around trying to walk he's babbling like it's it's definitely a lot it's a lot it is hard in its own sense cuz like now he's a danger to himself with literally every movement he makes because <laughs> like uh, just you know they you know go towards yeah,
0: yeah. Leiden, uh, an eye on him Leiden. all the time
1: yeah yeah basically so I'm so a lot of my day is just filled with walking around making sure he doesn't kill himself <laughs>
0: um That's but, so, funny with the so
1: like yeah I mean because he's like, he has no idea what he's doing he's just a baby he's he's unsure um but so like typical day like right now because um, this is yeah like threading right now it's like my full-time thing so i do i'm threading i'm doing ghost writing mm-hmm. um and it's doing enough to where like okay and during the bull market i took enough out to do some good stuff too um but most of those funds were drained after the child was born just because there's so much in america there's so many fucking bills and fees and things you got to buy and And other things to try and take care of that you don't, that I didn't really, it didn't really occur to me when I didn't have a supplemental income from a job to help, um, you know, help out with that. But, so, like, for instance, uh, during the week, I'll wake up, so, like, because he doesn't sleep in a crib. This child hates cribs. You put him in a Mm. crib, he's just, like, he doesn't do it. So, he's, like, slept on us throughout his entire life um so because i stay up late with my wife and i don't have a job in quote unquote sense the way she does have to go to work mm-hmm. i'll keep him for a little bit and he'll wake up in the night at some point he'll go up to her on the bed and then i'll get you know so that way like she gets some uninterrupted sleep for a little bit and then he goes up to her and then i'll get some uninterrupted sleep for a little bit and then she leaves at 5 a.m i take the kid sometimes i'll fall back to sometimes i don't um And so it's just kind of like watching TV and stuff, scrolling on Twitter, you know, shit posting or whatever while he's asleep, wake up, take care of the kid. Maybe I'll take him on a walk around the neighborhood. And most of the time spent until my wife comes home is just with him, right? Feeding him, changing him, playing with him, stuff like that. And then she gets home. And then that's when, like, if I have work to do or threats to knock out, all right, I'm knocking those out now. And so it's made me really efficient with my time. Uh. Um, to where, like, you know, they may give me a thread and I'll have it, you know, they may want it done in a week, but I'll have it done that day. Nice. If I get the chance to it, like, I, or, or the majority of it done. Um, so I was maybe just really buckle down and be efficient with my time there. But, yeah, I mean, then that's it. And then I just, you know, hang out with them until the night comes and then process restarts.
0: Uh.
1: So right, right. I thread when I can and talk to people when I can. And I feel like I'm fairly responsive for the most part. There's, t- there's gaps where like, I might miss an hour or two. Cause like I take mm-hmm. a nap with him or whatever. Um, Must be nice. But like, yeah, it, in <laughs> a way, but some, like sometimes if like, if you go to bed at like 10 and then you wake up at two oh, and then sweet. you wake up at five and then you wake up at seven cause you took a nap, like your, your sleep's so broken that even though you get enough hours of the day of sleep, right, it doesn't right. feel like you've got enough.
0: It's just like multiple naps throughout the day and the nights.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's brutal, but I've I've gotten so used to it, and I'm so hyped up on caffeine that yeah. <laughs> I just you know I just move on. I live with it. But
0: does it sound like a good uh,
1: thing though? Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's definitely not bad. Like I my, I play with my dog. You know, she plays with him. Take her outside. You know, just generic like American family home life. Mm-hmm. Uh on top of just being, like, a super crypto-native degen.
0: Right, right. And I want to actually ask, like, do you have any hobbies? But it seems like, you, know, you can still share, but it seems like you have a lot of time spent around your kid right now. Like, maybe last time, some hobbies? What are you interested in?
1: Yeah.
0: Outside um, of crypto, I'm a big of gamer.
1: Ooh. Big gamer. What do you Love play? video games. Um, right, so I used to be, like, real big into multiplayer games, so I loved Call of Duty I did, like, some semi-pro in Gears of War, did a little bit of semi-pro in COD. Um, and then the older I've gotten, the more I realize that I'm just not as cracked out as these, like, Adderall-fueled 11-year-olds. And my fingers just do not... They just can't keep up. <laughs> so I don't play as many, like, shooters and stuff anymore. So I'm more into, like, story games, so like, God of War, ah,
0: um, the Fallout series,
1: like, my no. favorite Um actually going back and like replaying Fallout New Vegas has been a real treat because that's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, so like a lot of like RPG story games where like, you know, I can play it and then if my kid acts up or starts crying or is tired or whatever, I can pause it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, hated, I hated not being able to pause when I was playing a multiplayer game so that I realized <laughs> very quickly that I just can't play those with a kid.
0: Right. So- you call your kid to wait. Uh, Hold on. We Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, I used to be a big reader, um, but I find that playing games like RPGs and stuff is a really nice way to wind down and relax on the days that I don't have my kid, like when mm-hmm. his grandparents take him and stuff. It's a nice way for me to just chill and, and maybe, you know, talk with some buddies and stuff because, you know, we're all almost in our 30s and they're working and maybe they have families and stuff. Uh-huh. So I don't get to read as much. Um but I'm looking forward to the time when he's older and I can get some reading in. Cause I'm a, a real, I really like the Dune series. I need to reread game of Thrones. Uh, mm. I like reading star Wars books, um, big like fantasy guy, but also I like reading, um, you know, stories about the stock market and like, um, you know, real time events. One of the ones actually, I think Lynn was like reached out to me on a Twitter thread and, like, you know, name your favorite book you read recently. And one of them was, like, Blood and Oil. And it's about, like, Saudi princes and, like, their wealth creation and stuff like that. That I find interesting. But if it's not that, like, super fantasy guy. Like, uh, big Star <laughs> Wars guy. I like watching all Star Wars shows.
0: Nice. So,
1: like, nice. I have my TV shows that I watch. And then I'll have my games that I... So, like, shows, games, books. If you were to just sum it up. That's right, a pretty right. good... Yeah.
0: Th- th- that's, like, good. my hobby. That's yeah, it's pretty chill, I guess. You know, reading. I, yeah, I, I like he, reading too. used to
1: be a sports guy. So I used Ooh. to play a lot of sports, but like, not anymore. Like, I, I watch sports. Like, I'm a big soccer, fit, well, okay, football fan for everybody that's not American. Um, and I like watching <laughs> baseball. So, nice, nice. Yeah.
0: Now, you know, somehow Lynn gets mentioned every episode so far. I don't know how. Dude. Like, everyone just keeps... Lynn's goaded. <laughs>
1: she's so she's so nice she has helped me out so 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 much um in the past like month and a half and she is just genuinely like the sweetest person um like just to talk to she's very very smart knows exactly what she's doing um and is very kind so shout out lynn she's she's the goat
0: nice i i totally agree totally yeah super right. nice
1: she's one of the like I've met a lot of genuine people in crypto that have been very very welcoming and she's definitely at near the top of the list along with Rekt and uh, Rekt Demetis and Jincho. Um, oh, those are all super right. nice people
0: Rekt right, is super cool Right, yes, and we've nice. been chatting for like about an hour and a half now uh, let's oh, wrap yeah. this yeah, up, wrap up you, yeah so <laughs> um yeah no worries let's go with the biggest lesson or the takeaway from crypto for you
1: um move slow and with conviction Ooh,
0: so sweet. I, I, think,
1: I, I think people move way too quick and i'm guilty of that trying to pivot and catch every you know using spare money trying to catch everything that's out there and it's just mm-hmm. it's just so much easier and i've done so much better if i'm just like okay i want bitcoin eth adam and then you know make a list of alts that i want and then just focusing on only getting those it just makes life so much easier. Like, I don't have to check my account balance every fucking day. Like, I just can go on there for a couple minutes here and there, make some trades, make some compounding, and then be done with it and go live life, which I think is, like, the whole point
0: of crypto. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I like your quote. Very short and sweet. And uh, yeah, anything I, else that you want to add? Sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just saying, like, it's just it's just an easy, easy, quick thing that I think everybody can get simple takeaway from just move yeah, slow
0: definitely easier said than done but everyone is guilty on. here uh, I want to ape into some random shit coins in hopes of the 100x right
1: yes yeah exactly
0: <laughs> alright alright anything else that you want to add on that we have not touched on that you might want to include into this
1: um I don't think so aside from mm. like just people just need to be more chill on twitter people just need to be nice <laughs> it is that that that, that thing the other day with Moki just sent me onto a rampage. So I think people just need to like, Mochi? as you are, you're always going to get people like that. Yeah. Mochi. Yeah. We're, um, where I was talking about, you know, people just need to be nicer yeah, and, I saw and that just feed. accept like, yeah. Like the, the quickest thing I can make it. So this doesn't go any longer. And is is like, people just need to understand that like threaders are markers. We are information vehicles. My job is not to make you want to buy anything. My job is to go, hey, this coin wanted some publicity. Here's what they're doing. Here's what they're trying to do. Here's their token. Here's their app. Blah, 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 blah. There you go. I'm not trying to make somebody buy nothing. I'm not your financial advisor. I'm barely my own advisor. <laughs> but I think people think that we are more than what we are. Like we're at the basis form, we are just marketer. We're like a we're like a walking typing billboard for protocols um, I think that's very so well people said. i think just need to introduce that
0: yeah yeah I, I would agree more in the sense of marketers in this like digital marketing in a sense yeah
1: yes i i think that is exactly what it is and that's all i've ever said that i in, in my when i talk to people like what do you do for a living i say i'm a i'm a digital marketer on twitter <laughs> or like right. i'm a content creator on twitter because that's right. what it is i'm not doing anything but just word vomiting the things they want me to, type, to talk about in my own way to make it interesting and then letting people read and make decisions on it.
0: Right, right. So I'm, I'm going to make this a thing where you have to give me a names of who else that you would like come on to this podcast. Anyone okay. Mind. Um, next, next three, let's keep it at, at three max.
1: Three max? Okay, I think Wrecked would be a really good one.
0: Wrecked Music. Because...
1: Yeah, he's got his hands in so many pies, and he just does everything so efficiently that I think it would be fascinating to hear like what his daily routine is. Man's got like a newsletter. He's jacked. He's on it. Mm-hmm. Like I just like he's dude's interesting. Would be would be super cool to see what he does. Right. I agree. Um, I think if you can get him, which it might honestly be pretty difficult, but it'd be very interesting if you could get crypto yield info. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I know he's got a locked account, but for the most part, I think he lets people. I think he like opens it every once in a while. But the man is like, the OG yield farmer. Like he is, on top of everything before everybody else. And I'm sure he's been rugged more times than he would love to count. But he just (laughs) he always seems to have really awesome takes on everything. It would be super cool to hear him if he were to talk. He may not, but, um, I think he'd be a super informative listen mm-hmm. and last one lin would be fun <laughs> i'd be i'd be interested to, to hear uh more 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 linisms
0: i was hoping that you would not say cool. Lynn.
1: <laughs> okay i'll say it everyone then hold on no everyone.
0: no it's all right it's all right no it's fine okay we'll keep lin there yeah I'll, like...
1: I'll, I'll, I'll message her i'll be like hey get on this
0: dude i we have been Try. and actually I reached out to her already lah, Because she has been basically she's being nominated every fucking episode. I should ban, uh, yeah, her, I can imagine. I should ban her name from coming up next.
1: <laughs> when you when you tell people like, alright, I want you to give me three names, don't include Lin.
0: Yeah. You can't Including mention anybody else. at all in the in the entire hour or so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. That'd be
0: funny. Right. Okay. She's going get a kick out of it. Yeah, I mean it's fun, right? So Thank you so much for your time it's been really nice to hear your stories um your experience as well and thank you for my listeners it's a really long episode uh, one hour 30 minutes Also, that Any, sounds about right uh, anything it, else that you want to <laughs> say we're
1: vomiting no man i just uh thank you so much for having me on this was a lot of fun like i said it's it's cool to like i think the way you're doing it is really really neat and you're getting a lot of different um exposure even with just your first two guys oh, um you. and it's really cool to hear like everybody's perspective and yep. it's and it's not even like it's massive twitter accounts like i'm easily the lowest but it's people yeah. that i think people be interested to hear from that's not like you know the kobe the ledgers the gainsies of the world mm-hmm. i think this it's uh i think this is really neat you're doing a great job so thank you thank so much you for so having much
0: a, no, thank you so much for coming i think it's really like this is why i started right just to Get a little personal touch with people. Get to know people a little bit more. So, which is the whole point, like, like for example, you mentioned like mill Des, right? Like no one knows what what he does. He's so mysterious. Like I kind of oh, want to know him a little so bit mysterious. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So well, that's the, the whole point of this. Mystery. Right. All right. Yeah, thank no, you so experiment. much. Thank um, you. I will link um your Twitter down below in the description box for those on YouTube and on Spotify as well, and also in the Twitter so you can check you out. And thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.
1: Cheers.